There was little reprieve for fantasy coaches in round four, as taggers messed with our premiums, and the majority of our popular picks were average at best. Only a handful of rookies fired a shot, and frustrated, as they sat there glaring back at us from the bench. Grundy, Cripps, and Neil owners were smiling as all three stood up for us, and with the difference between an average round score and moving up the rankings if you backed them in as captain material. Four rounds down, and the must-have players are emerging, as coaches scramble for cash, while those players we all thought couldn't possibly keep their hot form up are proving us all wrong. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Travis Boak. My name is Migs, and this is the Round 4 FanPod40.com AFL Fantasy Wrap. We're going to kick things off, first of all, with the FanPod40.com team wrap. And the team ended up with a score of 2,169, which was a little bit above average by the looks of things, considering that the team moved up another 7,000 spots over the weekend put us at a ranking of 4,291 overall. So broke into the top 5,000, which is nice. That was off the back of Grundy as captain, and he had a 153 score there, which was awesome. And the trades that were made before the round, they didn't really pan out how I thought they were going to, and basically didn't really affect uh, the scoring this week either. So the trades that were made prior to last round were... I got rid of Bailey Scott because he wasn't named. He's, he's having a rest for the Kangaroos, and I wouldn't be surprised if he was back in this week. But he was a DNP, did not play. And I got in uh, Sydney Stack from Richmond, who ended up with a score of 41. He was solid, but probably not as good as what I thought he was going to be. Made a little bit of cash there, which allowed me to go uh, Josh Dunkley out, which I thought um, early in the round was a good move because he only ended up with a 67. But come the Geelong game. I got Tim Kelly in for him, and obviously we know what happened there. He copped the tag in the first half and ended up with a score of 58. So overall, it was probably a worse off tag, but look, in the long run, I think it's going to pay off overall. Um, Kelly's role is obviously a lot more lucrative at the moment for fantasy scoring than what Dunkley is, and Dunkley's role, yeah, I'm not liking it at the moment. He's just not getting that mid-time that we all expected. Uh, the plus threes and minus threes for the team for this round has to go to Grundy, first of all. 153 as captain. Uh, that exceeded expectation. Uh, I mean, I thought he was going to do okay against English, uh, a 120 perhaps, but 153 was unreal. Uh, Rockliffe has to uh, have my other plus three. Uh, he came off the back of, obviously, that concussion the week before, scoring a 40-something. And uh, he was a little bit up in the air of, of how he was going to come back. But against the Tigers, who are, who are bleeding a lot of points at the moment, he ended up with 132. So that was great. And uh, obviously, Sammy Walsh there for Carlton. The, look, he's gone back-to-back tons now. He ended up with 119 on the weekend. And he was off the ground for a little bit as well in that game. So he probably could have uh, scored a little bit more as well. But um, he's, he's doing as well as a, as a rookie. And he is there for the long run. Uh, the minus threes this week, I have to give it to the new inclusion, Tim Kelly, off of 58. I know he was tagged and all, and, you know, Dangerfield could probably could probably feel that spot as well for the minus three, but 
yeah, Deboa definitely did a job on those two boys. Um, so hopefully he lifts his game this round. Um, Zach Williams, a 53. He's going to be like that some weeks, uh, inconsistent. So I think he copped a bit of a knock as well in, in his game, and he was off for a little while as well, which probably affected his score somewhat. So, yeah, he's probably up for trade this week as well, just looking at uh, who, who he's got in front of him. And also the other one is, is Brayshaw, Angus Brayshaw. He also copped a tag, but he ended up with just 79 uh, last round. So obviously as my number one midfield, I'm going to expect a little bit more out of him. So he cops my other minus three. Uh, my regrets for the round, round four regrets, uh, would have to go thinking back at the team. Marty Hoare came in as a late inclusion, so there's a bit of an excuse there. I, I didn't know whether to play him or not, so I just sat him on the bench, but I didn't actually even put him as an emergency, so coming off his uh, his first game that he gave us. So he ended up with a 93 as the as the late in, and he looks to have uh, at least cemented his spot for, for another game there. In the Melbourne defence, I think he ended up with uh, 20 odd touches and about nine marks, three tackles for a score of 93. So he's good there as a cash generator down back, uh, just sitting on my bench. And uh, look, it would have been nice to field him, but I mean, it was Dersma or, or Scrimshaw he, he was going to sit in there for, and both of those boys did did okay, I guess. Um, and the other one there, is, in in hindsight, is probably not picking up Jack Ross at his at his lowest price for his first uh, game there in for, for Gibbons. So that trade I was going to do. And look, I mean, in hindsight, I could have could have done that. But I did the uh, the Tim Kelly Dunkley trade instead. So that one should turn out OK in the long run. And Jack Ross ended up with a score of 86 there and went up a fair bit in price. Uh, the early trade thoughts for this round. I'm looking at uh, Zach Williams at the moment. And I'm also looking at Burgess, Bolter uh, or Gibbons as an out, so looking to fix up a couple of rookies there, either in defence um, or the forward line as well, and uh, possibly Gibbons in the midfield. And I'm having a good look at, at Rory Laird and uh, Tommy Stewart there as well, so perhaps one of those two might come in for Williams if I can get enough cash to uh, to get one of those two. Look, if, if you're going to pick one of those two, you probably pick Laird because he, he is the most consistent and he's probably bottomed out in terms of his uh, his price there. And they've got a fairly easy game in Gold Coast this week as well, so he should score quite well. Um, and obviously with those those rookies to fix up, you're probably looking at someone like a Jack Ross. Uh, Wilkie was awesome on the weekend, or possibly a fresh face, a uh, new rookie that, that uh, could get named this week as well. I'll be looking at bringing one of those in, possibly. On to the medical room now, and we're going to have a look at some of the injuries over last round. And the first one there which was uh, a little bit devastating to see, actually. It was uh, Callan Ward there, and uh, he had a pretty bad knee in, knee injury, and it looked like he's got uh, got an ACL and he's out for the year. He was uh, on crutches there. That was really early in the first quarter as well, which we thought uh, might do uh, the Giants a, a bit of harm there, but uh, they ended up getting over the line. But, yeah, so he's out for the season, which, you know, probably means more minutes for, for blokes like Taranto and Hopper, I guess. Uh, for, for fantasy owners of them. Um, Daniel McKenzie, now that one there, he, he had a head clash there with his own teammate. I think it was Nunes in the second quarter, and uh, he didn't come back 
he was he was gone at half time there, so he only played a half really. And the interesting thing about that is that that Wilkie could um, obviously uh, come in there and and cement his spot possibly down in the back line. So that that could be a, a good uh, sign there for Wilkie owners, or if you want to pick up Wilkie this week. Um, he, he'd be a good pick down back there for you know you know if you got Burgess or someone down there who isn't scoring that well. Um, he's gone up a little bit in price, but yeah, he's still got a really low break even, which we'll talk about uh, in a moment. Uh, Will Powell, which some people looked at for Gold Coast, there he had that slam tackle from Setterfield, and he was he was out in the second quarter there, so he he'll be touch and go for this round. If you've got him down your forward line, he was generating some good cash there for owners so uh chris main as well now that one's interesting because well he had that it looked like a, a back injury i think it was in the end and he i think he ended up going to hospital for it so uh that was really early in the first quarter as well but the interesting thing there is that uh both daniel wells and Braden sire played on the weekend and they played quite well also so look for one of those two blokes to come into the collingwood midfield there and possibly fill a role on the wing. Uh, Isaac Heaney, I think he just had a bit of a, a hip injury there. It was a, a heavy knock from uh, from Wiedemann in a tackle. So he came back on in the third quarter anyway, so he should be fine for this week. Uh, James Cousins looked pretty bad. It looked like he twisted his ankle there for the Hawks. Um, that was in the second quarter, and but it looked like he, he, he went down the race, but he was fine after that. He came back on in the third quarter. He didn't do a lot after that. So he might be a bit touch and go this week, depending on uh, how much it swells up, I guess. So uh, there's a few owners there with him who could possibly be looking to upgrade him this week to a premium player earlier than what they uh, thought. If he doesn't play, the Hawks actually came out with quite a few injuries out of that game. The other one there was was Isaac Smith as well. So he had that hand knock and it didn't look too good in the first quarter. He did play on, but yeah, as I said, You'll probably get that scanned, I guess, and see if there's any any real damage to the hand, I suppose. But I'd, I'd probably expect him to play since he did come back on the ground anyway. But yeah, the Hawks also had a couple of uh, key backs who went down as well during that game. So I think Frawley went down and, and Stratton had an injury as well. Uh, Connor Nash also came off. So yeah, they've got about four or five injuries there that um, yeah we could be looking at uh, maybe a few new faces for the Hawks this week. Um, Jordan Clark for Geelong also. He uh, copped, a, copped a shoulder, um, I think it was from Lloyd, uh, to the chin there in the second quarter. Uh, that was just before half time. He looked a, looked a little bit proppy and didn't score too well in that game. So he might be looking at a rest perhaps within the next week or two, just depending um, on how they manage him, you know, as a first-year player. So just uh, keep an eye on the team sheets this week for Jordan Clark. And the other ones there, there's a couple of uh, reports as well uh, over the weekend to some key fantasy players. And it's just been found that uh, Paddy Dangerfield, he had that that hit on Deboa, who's been annoying everyone lately. And uh, he got off with that. So he ended up with just a fine which was nice for us. And the other one there was uh, Will Setterfield. So, uh, look, he, he had that that dangerous sling tackle that I was just mentioned to, to Will Powell. And 
he's ended up with two weeks at the moment. So unless he contests it, um, he's looking to be off for the next couple of games. And look, he's got a 28 break even at the moment. So he's probably got to a price now where uh, coaches are thinking about trading him anyway. He did score a 70 on the weekend, which was nice. It was against a fairly easy Gold Coast team, though. So before that, he hadn't, he hadn't, been, tra- um, hadn't been scoring too well. So... There will be a lot of coaches if he does get that two weeks. He'll probably be on the way out and will be an upgrade option for a lot of for a lot of coaches this week. Okay, we're going to move into some of the break-evens now and we're going to look at some of the top negative break-evens first of all. And starting off with the defenders, we've got Marty Hoare. He's got a negative 20 break-even. So if you can get him in, or even if you traded him out, a uh, week or so ago, then maybe try and get him back in this week because he's going to be generating some good cash if he stays in that demon side, which for the moment I think he will be. Uh, Rotham from West Coast, he's got a negative seven. Just keep an eye on him at the moment. He uh, could be in or out at the moment, depending on how the Eagles go with their team selections. Uh, Lockhart was a laid out. He's still got a negative one break even. Markov... Didn't play too well in the VFL. He got dropped from the Richmond team last round, so and he didn't didn't do much in the VFL. So he's still on a one break even. And Wilkie from St Kilda is on a three break even. He's the other one who will be looking at possibly getting in. Uh, from the midfielders, we got Jack Ross. He's got a negative eleven. He was great on debut for the Tigers. Sydney Stack has still got a negative break even. He's on negative two at the moment with a score of forty one uh, over the last round. Sammy Walsh. He's still killing it for us and is still a lock in our midfields there after back-to-back tons, and he's got just a one break-even. Uh, Wagner from Melbourne, he's got a five break-even, and Charlie Constable's still getting it done as well for Geelong. He's on just a seven break-even, so you hold all those guys. Uh, from the Rucks, Rory O'Brien was excellent for the Crows last round, and he was he did really well. He was pushing back. He was uh, pushing forward. He was he was doing a lot around the ground. So he uh, ended up with a negative five break even this round. And look, even though you're probably looking at, you know, getting a Gorn or Grundy if you don't have those two as a ruck combo at the moment, if you've been playing around with a with a ruck two, like a, you know, a Mumford or, or a Timmy English or someone like that, and they're not generating you a lot of cash at the moment, then Roy O'Brien could be a good cash grab um, to try and then get to someone like a Gorn. And the other one is Phillips, who's who's injured at the moment. He's still got a 26 break even in the ruck department. And for the forwards, we got uh, Mears. He's got a six. He's still doing really well for Geelong and holds his spot, I think. Liam Baker, who came into the Tigers team last round for his debut game of the season. He's on an 11 break even, as is Brander from West Coast. Moore, who came out of the team because Ruffy was back in this week. He's still got a 14 break even. And Lockie Schultz for Frio is still generating some nice cash there for his owners. He's still got just a 16 break even at the moment. The top five positive break evens now. And obviously, Callum Ward out for the season. He's got a plus 169. He's nothing to worry about. He won't be coming into anybody's team. Uh, Shields still got that 157 break even. Westoff's an interesting one. He's got a 153 break even after a really slow start to the season. Kicked those five goals in the first round, then he hasn't done much since. So just keep an eye out for him because if his role does change, especially once Dixon comes back into the team, 
uh, eventually. He could be a really good grab up in your forward line there for a low price. Uh, Trelaw had a bit of a stinker, and uh, I think he scored in the 80s on the weekend. He's looking to bounce back this week, but he's got a 143 break even. I wouldn't uh, bet against him getting that this week either. So look for him to bounce back. Um, and Menegola is the fifth one there. He's got a plus 136 break even, so he hasn't really been as good as what we expected uh, at the early part of the season, and hopefully he can find some form very soon because he will also be a bargain pickup in the forward line as a potential top six or seven forward. Some news from the twos now, and the first one I want to start off with is from Carlton. Matty Cruiser came back on the weekend, and he ended up with 16 disposals, one goal and 26 hitouts. And that's big news for Carlton because they have been struggling a lot in the ruck there. They had um, Phillips first of all, and he went down with that injury, and Lobb's been playing the last two rounds, and he's been getting crushed by opposition ruckmen at the moment, which has been nice if you've had an opposition ruckman to Carlton because you've been cashing in on fantasy points. But Carlton really do need somebody, and Cruz is only going to help blokes like our Sammy Walshers and Cripps and Murphys and some of those popular midfielders we've got in there. So hopefully he can tap it down their throat a few more times. Uh, look for him to come back ASAP, I would say, because uh, they are going to be looking for a win as soon as possible, Carlton. They need it. Uh, Fremantle, Tommy North backed it up again, and he had 28 disposals on the weekend. I'm hoping he debuts really soon because he's 170k mid, and he's just one of those big body midfielders, similar to Jack Ross, I guess, who debuted for the Tigers. And look, Fife, they're probably looking to get back, get him back this week. But there were a few Fremantle midfielders there who are on the borderline in terms of form, I suppose. And they'll be wanting to change it up and switch things up a, a bit, I am guessing. So perhaps, yeah, look for him to come in off the back of a couple of good games of form. And that's also the same for uh, Luke Valente as well for Frio. He's a little bit more expensive. He's a 208k mid. And he ended up with 19 disposals, but six tackles on the weekend. So he's a bit of a tackle machine there. And um, yeah, if you had to choose between the two, you're probably going to go for Tom North if they do both come in. But uh, Valente is a very good pick as well. Very good player. Uh, the Giants, now, they're probably not going to make too many changes after that really good win on the weekend. But Jackson Haightley, who was talked about last week, and he was talked about a lot in the preseason as well, He's backed it up again. He had 27 disposals. So if he keeps that sort of form up, um, look, he might come in for your Callum Ward this week. So I'm not sure how far away Toby Green is. But, um, yeah, look for him to, to hopefully come back in very soon. And for Port Adelaide, uh, Jack Trengove again. So that's three weeks in a row now. He racked it up with 35 disposals, and he's a 419k defender. So. I have been hoping that he's been coming in for the last couple of weeks now because I'd really like to go uh, like a Zach Williams, for example, uh, to someone like him because, look, he knows how to find the pill. The only problem is opportunity with him and they just keep overlooking him, keep overlooking him. Port Adelaide's going along okay at the moment, but, you know, surely they can find a spot for him, even coming off the bench or something like that because he's been in absolutely blistering form um, in the sample. So look for his name, hopefully, to get named for Port Adelaide. I really like the looks of him. 
Um, St Kilda, there are a couple of good performances there. Uh, the one we want to look at, though, is Nick Hind. Now, he's backed it up a couple of weeks in a row now. He ended up with 41 disposals on the weekend, and he's 170K. He's one of those mature rookies midfielder um, as well. So, potentially, there's another one there that we could uh, downgrade a Gibbons for, or if you've kept Bailey Scott, potentially him also. So, he knows how to find the ball. He's a ball magnet, um, hard-running midfielder on the wing type of player. So... Yeah, have a look for his name uh, on the team sheets this week. And Dunstan was the other one who got dropped last round. He ended up with uh, 37 disposals. Sorry. So they'll probably want to leave him in the VFL for another week or so, I would dare say. Um, I'm not sure. They're probably hoping he works on his defensive side of the game, I'm thinking, with Dunstan. And the last one there from the Western Bulldogs, uh, I guess this is pivotal for uh, if you've got Timmy English as your second ruckman there. So Jackson Trengove had a bit of a day out with 26 hitouts. He also uh, backed that up with 26 disposals, eight marks, and two goals as well. So English English got smashed obviously on the weekend against uh, Grundy. Now Jackson Trengove isn't your traditional type of ruckman, obviously, who can go up against those big guys, but he can help English in the ruck. So, you know, English did tire there, especially in the second half. He did pretty well, though. He ended up with an 86. He got quite a few tackles. I think he ended up with about six tackles for the game. But he just needs that chop out, I think, still. And, you know, Jackson Trangove can provide that. Boyd is nowhere near it at the moment. He did play on the weekend, Boyd, but I think he only ended up with about three or four touches um, in the VFL there. So, yeah, look for for Trangove to get a game this week for the Bulldogs and, and potentially help English out. On to some of our rookies now in the Rookie Moves and Pod Watch segment. And we're just going to go through some of the rookies, more than three games played and also three games and under. And first of all, we're going to look at Charlie Constable. Here's a hold. He's coming off a score of 77 and has a break even of just seven. So he's a hold. Dersma, he's getting at that stage now where you could potentially make a bit of money off him, but he scored a 58 on the weekend, and he's got a 34 break even now. So I was looking at him potentially if Hawke can keep that form up or even get around that sort of, you know, 70 each week sort of score, something consistent, or potentially Wilkie as well. Um, if you have both of those guys, then you could potentially trade Dersma out. Um, so yeah, he could be a hold, more so a hold than not. Um, but yeah, if you want to try and take a punt and make some money there, some quick cash on uh Hora or Wilkie, get those guys in. Uh, Rosie, he has a 31 break even coming off a score of just 44 after that big game, um, in round three where he scored that 121. But he's the same uh basket as as Dersmer, I think. If you can hold him do that and if he's getting games still do that he's he's going to get that break even quite comfortably and we've seen what his ceiling is like as well so uh he could also go down um in terms of his break even uh willem drew he's been a bit of a worry since ollie wines has come back in over the last two rounds he's got a 30 break even now coming off a score of 49 so look he's probably not going to score much more than your 50 60 now um and a lot of teams have him as their their sixth 
forward there or on the bench in the forward line and look potentially be looking at um, a trade for him at the moment. So, yeah, depending on if Setterfield, uh, you know, gets off, he's probably the other one that you look at trading. But before you do Willem Drew, because I think he still gets games, um, Willem Drew. But, um, yeah, Setterfield would obviously be the priority if he doesn't contest that two-game suspension. Uh, Gibbons has a 21 break even, and he scored just 49 as well on the weekend. I'd be looking to trade him for someone like Jack Ross in the midfield or potentially one of those new guys who I spoke about just before uh, from St Kilda. So, yeah, I mean, if you've got nothing else to do in your team in terms of injuries or or form from a, a premium player, then, um, yeah, you might want to make a bit of cash off Gibbons. He's not generating a lot at the moment. Uh, Bailey Scott is still on an 18 break even. He didn't play, obviously, on the weekend, so you, you wait and see with him if you've still got him in your team at the moment. Bolt is the interesting one. <sighs> Look, he did a few nice things for the Tigers on the weekend. Did that nice uh, that intercept mark where he set up that goal through uh, through the midfield there or started at half-back and went through the midfield. But, look, again, if you haven't got anything to do in your team, he could be a trade because... Again, he's not making a whole lot of cash down forward. I think he's only made about 10K at the moment, and he's played three games now. So 19 break-even, scored 35 on the weekend, nothing else to do. Yeah, he's the other one that you probably look at trading to try and keep generating cash through your team. Uh, Walsh has that just one break-even. Obviously, you're going to hold him, play him on your field. Uh, Parker, there's another interesting one. He's got a 39 break-even now, coming off a score of 30, so... You probably still hold him. He's got good job security for the moment because uh, he's that, you know, that forward that uh, adds a bit of spark to the St Kilda team. So I'm, I'm thinking they still keep him there. He also went off for a little while uh, with an injury. So, yeah, just watch, hold, wait and see with him. Still, there's probably bigger problems in your team at the moment. Uh, Burgess is the other one I don't really like down there for Gold Coast. I would not be surprised if he got dropped this week actually, because he hasn't been doing much at all for them. You know, he's just basically been, been providing a, an extra tall target down there. So, uh, again, probably a trade if you if you need to, if you've got nothing else to do in your team. He's got a 24 break even now, coming off a score of just 27. So, you know, I can't see him scoring much more than, you know, a 40 most weeks. Uh, Mia's for Geelong. He's got a six break even coming off a 50 score of 58 on the weekend. You hold him. Those uh, forward line forward line rookies are like gold at the moment. Scrimshaw had a really good game for Hawthorne. He's got just a seven break even again. He's making some really nice cash there. Really glad now that I ended up trading him in for Sammy Collins. So he looks like uh, holding his spot in the Hawthorne team, especially with all their injuries at the moment. He came off a score of 79 on the weekend, so he was good. Hold him. Petrocelli, I think he's another hold. He just adds, similar to Parker, he's that X factor in the forward line for West Coast, and I think they like him down there for his speed. He started off really well in the first quarter, but I think the whole pressure of the derby probably got to him. I don't know, but he's got a 22 break even and just scored the 33 on the weekend. And... Uh, Zach Butters from Port Adelaide. All those Port Adelaide rookies didn't do too well over the weekend. He's got a 37 break even now and um, coming off a score of just 44. So he's 
possibly another one that you could trade if you have all four of those Port Adelaide rookies. I expect at least one, if not a couple of them, to start getting rotated through for rests in the coming week, um, I would dare say. Uh, from the three games and under crew, in terms of rookies, um, Sydney Stack still has that negative two break-even. You want to still try and get him in. Any of those guys with those negative break-evens, try and get them in. He's got a score of 41. If you're tossing up between him and Jack Ross, you're probably looking at Jack Ross. Um, he, I think he still holds his spot, definitely, even if Dustin Martin comes back in. So he played yeah, exceptionally well on the weekend. And potentially, Graham is the one that might go out of that midfield, I would dare say, for the Tigers. Uh, Lockhart, hold him. He had that, I think it was back spasms. They said it was a back injury, so I can only guess it was probably back spasms, back spasms or something like that. Um, as it was a late out. So he was a, did not play on the weekend. He's still got a negative two break even. You hold on to him for now and have a look at the team list coming up. Uh, Marty Hoare, um, you wait. Okay, you um, you wait on him, obviously, if you've got him in the team, um, you know, and also if you don't have him, try and get him in ASAP. Um, and Wilkie was the other one there as well. He's got just a three break even. And you're trying to get him in because he scored 72 and looked really comfortable for St Kilda on the weekend. I would dare say he holds his spot. Um, and just having a look at some of the point of difference players uh, who are in some hot form at the moment. And the first one there with just 1% ownership is Took Miller. He ended up with a 149 against the Carlton midfielders there. And look, he's been in pretty good form. To start the year he's not one of those players who typically break out with a big ceiling like that but he got it done over the weekend so look he's probably not one that you're going to bring in at the moment but look keep an eye on his form uh tipper kicked those seven goals he's in two, just two percent of teams he ended up with 139 mark murphy was the interesting one he's probably gone under the radar a bit this year uh, he started off really slowly actually in the first quarter but Really got it along in the uh, in the second half, especially. He's in just four percent of teams right now, and he ended up with a score of 135. Tommy Phillips for Collingwood. He's he always does this every now and then. You know, 132 on the weekend. The week before that, though, round three, he stunk it up for like a 44 or something. So um, he's in just one percent of teams. So. You know, he, he has that X factor about him. Again, you're probably not going to get him in, but, you know, if you're in like a, a draft comp or something like that, he's a nice one to have there. Um, and the last one, which is an interesting one, and one that I had in my team in the preseason, Seb Ross finally got some form, and he ended up with 128, and he's in just 1% of teams at the moment. So he dropped under he's dropped under 700K now. And I'll have to check his break even, but look, if you're going potentially, you know, looking at someone like Dom Sheed, who's dropped off the last couple of weeks because of Andrew Gaff coming back into the team, Sebros could be a nice little option there. And I think it's only about a 30k upgrade to someone like him. Um, the worrying sign that I had from Sebros, just watching his stats as the game played out, was in the first half, I think he only had about one or two marks. and no tackles, if I'm not mistaken. He ended up with four tackles for the game that I saw. 
But um, yeah, I mean, 128, you can't knock that sort of form. And we all know what he did in the back half of 2018 when he went uh, 120 plus average over the last six games, I think it was. So um, yeah, look for him. If he can string two games together or three games possibly together of 100 plus, then yeah, you're looking at him as a nice point of difference in your team if you want to get him in. We are going to look at some captain options now, and I'm going to have a look first of all at last round's captains, and we didn't do too badly, ended up with three out of five this round, and yeah, the exceptions there were probably obviously Dangerfield and Trelaw. Uh, my number one captain, though, McRae, he was solid again with 109. Dangerfield obviously got that 66 when he was tagged. And, uh, look, we didn't expect it, but it was always a possibility that Deboe was going to do that. Uh, Trelaw, yeah, I definitely expected more out of him. He was my number three, and he came in with just an 82. But the last two captains I had in there, Lockie Neal and Cripps, uh, went nuts on the weekend. So Neil ended up with a 139 and Cripps with that huge 163 against the Gold Coast, which was nice. There were quite a few people with Cripps as captain as well. So other than that, it wasn't too bad um, of a round in terms of captain picks. Looking at the percentages, though, of coaches um, and their choice as captain for round four, number one there was McRae, and he is captain for 19% of teams. Grundy was number two at 14.6%. Dangerfield was third at 13.6%. So a lot of yeah coaches obviously got burnt with him and that tag. They're probably pretty dirty on DeBoer at the moment. Uh, fourth highest picked was Cripps at 9.2%. And the fifth highest picked was Trelaw at 4.6%. So yeah, there was probably a good, yeah, between Dangerfield and Trelaw there, there was uh, close to 20% of coaches who went under the ton as a captain pick. Looking to round five now for captains, and we've got that captain loophole again, that Thursday night game for the uh, Easter weekend round. And I'm going to kick it off first of all with number five. And my number five captain choice this week is Stephen Coniglio. And he plays Frio this week, and he's got 101 average against them over his career and a 93 average at uh, Canberra Oval there. Look, young Frio midfield, um, possibly a thrashing on the cards there as well, playing away from home. Frio had a really tough game against West Coast in the Derby. Does five play? Possibly, yes, but still, I think, yeah, Coniglio is going to go pretty big in this one. You're looking at 115, 120 at least from him, I think. And, yeah, probably the other goal... Uh, probably the other giant midfield as well on top of that. Uh, number four, this is my loophole captain choice for the round. I'm expecting Trudor to bounce back this week because he plays Brisbane at the Gabba and he's got 112 average against them and 111 average at the Gabba. So no tag coming up for him. Brisbane aren't tagging at the moment. Um, and also, I guess the other loophole options there, apart from him, is, is Grundy. He'd probably be my second. Um, and then Neil third. So, yeah, take your pick of those three if you got them. Neil's still a fairly low uh, pick in terms of a, a point of difference player, whereas Grundy and Trelaw, a lot of coaches have those two. So if you want to go something different as your loophole and you've got Neil, 
I'd probably go for him. So, uh, but yeah, not a lot of coaches do have Neil still. Um, hopefully his uh, ownership stays down because I want to try and pick him up over the next few weeks. Uh, my third captain option there, this is probably the safest one of the of the round, is McRae. He plays Carlton, and we all saw what uh, even the Gold Coast midfielders did there, like uh, took Miller against Carlton. He's got 119 average against them and 102 average at Marvel Stadium. So expect him to go huge again, 120 minimum, I would say, from McRae this round. Um, number two is Brad Crouch. and they play the Gold Coast, and we saw what the Carlton midfielders did to Gold Coast. So they both uh, racked up the points there. Look, Cripps obviously got that that 160. Murphy racked it up, 135. Walsh, 119. All three of those midfielders went huge. I would expect Brad Crouch, Matt Crouch, Sloan, all those blokes to probably do exactly the same thing uh, this round. So look for all those Adelaide midfielders to bounce back this week. They did have a bit of a downer last week, and all three of those blokes rarely have two bad games in a row. He has a 120.5 average against Gold Coast Brad Crouch um, and a 95 average at the Adelaide Oval. So, yeah, look for him to have a big one this round. And my number one pick, again, I'm hoping... Oh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping he does bounce back, obviously. But um, Dangerfield against Hawthorne. Now, the Hawthorne mids have been leaking points all season long. I don't know what's going on in there because they're doing okay, but they're just not playing any defensive uh, respect to any of the other midfielders. Um, no oppositions there. So he's uh, got 124.5 average against Hawthorne and 101 average at the MCG where they play this week. So looking for Dangerfield to bounce back strong this week. They're not tagging at the moment. Hawthorne, um, you know, Liam Shields is probably their only only, uh, tagger and he's out at the moment. He might come back this week. But um, yeah, look for Dangerfield to bounce back in a big way this round. My pick of the bunch, look, I'm probably going to be looking at um, Brad Crouch potentially as a captain. And um, I'll probably be uh, trying the loophole out with Grundy at the moment, though. And that's a wrap for round four. Thanks for tuning in again, everyone. And hopefully you were able to muster up enough points to at least hold your overall ranking or move up a few spots this round. It was a tough round, but the huge movement in numbers in the rankings tells me there's still a heap of dust to settle before thinking your team is plateauing in the rankings. A reminder that each week we update the website fantasy resources section and have just uploaded the post round four power rankings along with some break-evens, the informed pod players and also our top five captain selections for the upcoming round. Go and check it out now at fanpod40.com where you can also download our other fantasy podcasts throughout the season. If you have any fantasy-related questions before next round, you can hit us up on Twitter with the handle at FanPod40, and we'll be able to answer those questions on the next episode of the podcast. I'm also happy to spitball some fantasy ideas through Twitter as well if you have any trade questions prior to lockout. Thanks again, coaches. All the best for Easter Round 5, and I'll catch you all again next Monday. 